What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the Iceman himself, the baby daddy, Josh Cohen. How you doing? Uh, tired like a majority of the NBA right now. You okay, man? Nah, you know. Okay, you want me to send some sensu beans or something to you? Mm-hmm. Might help. Need to get more sleep. <laughs> you don't get sleep as a baby daddy. You should know this by now. Mm, that is true, as you know. Yeah, man. The banger in the paint, our residential medical expert, Rojan Walia. How you feeling? I'm getting great sleep, but it's probably because uh, I'm not on the trade machine like Josh. All night, all day, just trying to see, figure out what trades are happening next. Well, yesterday you were, clearly. You were very active <laughs> yesterday. I, I, Got a resident in yeah, yeah, I, I, ha- <laughs> I had to see what all the fuss was about. Yo, how long did you spend on the trade machine, Raj? Like, be honest. Uh, a good 30 minutes. It was nice to see people's contracts just uh, nicely laid out, the terms, seeing how much Doug McDermott gets paid. Wow. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> nerd. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have picked like the nerdiest player either, too. That's like the hey, pinnacle hey, of being gets, a nerd. Hey, if you guys can guess the salary, I would be shocked. Uh, it's not like... 15 to 17 million a year. No, no, no. He's like 12. Raj. 13.8 for three years left. I guess you win this one, Josh. <laughs> Thank you. One dollar. That's, that's very tradable, though. Maybe we can talk about Doug McDermott for the rest of the podcast. No. Yeah. Yeah. He, we want zero listeners. He makes huh? more than Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> he makes more than Rashawn Holmes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow, San Antonio. How much is uh, Zach Collins making while you're at it? While you're on San Seven Antonio. Million. Ooh. Three years. Seven million to just hang out with Pop. That's not bad. <laughs> Lucky guy, eh? Yeah, go wine tasting. Yeah. It's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, man. I would love that. Why not? As you guys have probably figured out by now, we're talking all trades today. We're talking about guys that might get traded, might not get traded. Who knows? Can you tell the future, Josh? Because I can't. But I can certainly tell you one thing. We're going to go through a list of players. We're going to tell you if they're going to get traded or not. Or we'll predict it. I don't want to say we're going to tell you, but let's just start it off. I think the, the, the guy who should start it off is Ben Simmons, right? We've been waiting since the beginning of the summer for this. Since he did not take an, a wide-open dunk. Since Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid said they should have been in the Eastern Conference file, Finals, but they weren't. All of these issues have been brought up around Ben Simmons. Daryl Morey seems to be set on getting a top 30 player, which, you know, let's be real, probably not going to happen. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. But Raj, man, start off. Do you think Ben Simmons might be moved before the deadline in a couple of weeks? Are we going to wait till the summer for this guy? Like, what's what's going to happen here? I'm going to say that he is going to get traded. I think uh, Charles Barkley said it best on the uh, TNT broadcast uh on MLK Day, um, but having Embiid's career being stalled, losing an opportunity to get some players, integrate them into the roster, and have at least a chance this postseason would be a big waste. Because uh, unless they get something back for Ben Simmons, this Philadelphia team isn't at the same level as uh, the Bucks uh, or KD in the Nets, and even some would argue the the Heat. So. I think they're just trying to really increase the value as much as possible 
Uh, clearly, he's not going to ever show up in a Sixers uniform. So, you know what? I think they trade him. I think holding him for an extra year does nothing for his value. I think, if anything, it probably keeps it the same or tanks it even more. Uh, and Ben Simmons is getting paid $33 million over the next three years after this year. So um, it's not like his contract's expiring or um, they have many options. So, And I don't think there's going to be many options in the offseason. All right, so now that you say that, where is he going? That That is another question. But uh, I think the team that probably has the most tradable contracts and a few pieces um is the sacramento kings and hey he wants to be a young socialite so that is in california if i remember my geography well enough so yeah cowtown um, california it might not be hey it's yupa valley but um i i I think uh i think sacramento would be the team that ben simmons ends up going to i'm not saying the pieces that the kings have will go back to philly but i think they'll be involved in any trade because they have the salaries to match I'm going to predict he is not going to get traded because I don't see any team meeting the threshold that Daryl Morey has set um, in order to trade Ben Simmons. I don't think anybody's going to be giving away a top 25 player for him or even a guy like John Collins. Who would you rather right now, John Collins or Ben Simmons? I would take John Collins. So I don't think it's going to happen this year. And if he wants to sit out the entire year, then... That's what's going to happen, and they're going to waste a year of Embiid's pride. Embiid hasn't really voiced displeasure with this situation, though, right? Like, he takes subtle digs at, you know, all of his guys on the floor, Kirk, uh, Frickin' Korkmaz or Steph, Seth Curry, willing to take shots. You know, he's talking to, he's talking up his guys, as he's supposed to, as a leader should be doing for his role players. But he keeps emphasizing the point that his guys on the floor are shooting, right? Like, that's all we got to do. We need Matisse Thibault to shoot more. No one has ever said they needed Matisse Seibel to shoot more. You know what I mean? But Embiid's out there just... He's he's showing love to his guys, as he should be. And because he's like... Because he's taking on this approach where he's chilling, he's not really put, putting on pressure for, to the front office to, you know, make a move. I don't know if they're really feeling enough pressure from Embiid to have to move him. Right? Like, I think they can just let Simmons sit until the offseason... Hopefully someone will bite at that point and then they can restart this whole thing. But Daryl said they got four more years on that contract and I think he meant it. Yeah, but like I I have to ask you and Josh this question. You're not guaranteed in the offseason to get a package that will be substantially better than what you may receive now. Uh, And I also think having another player on your books that actually plays and can get integrated and maybe go through a playoff run together and then you'll be able to assess because it would be a wasted opportunity, for instance, if they ended up trading him for a package of Fox and a few other players and a pick. Um, It would be a wasted opportunity to have to wait until next offseason to see how Fox and Embiid perform in the playoffs because we all know NBA playoffs is a different type of like it's different basketball. and. Even if they got him this year and they didn't make it to the NBA Finals, at least they know where their deficiencies are where as a team and where to go to next. So the sooner you make the move, the better. And you're paying Simmons, so you might as well get something out of it. Yeah, I think that would have been the move before the season started, though, because Daryl Morey's in too deep now. He's already made his decision, and ownership is obviously behind it. He's got him this far with Ben Simmons not playing a game. So I think to... I'll circle back and not continue with that path 
would be something that we haven't seen from Morgan before, and I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't see Morgan giving in and taking on a package that's less than what he's aimed to get for Ben Simmons um, over the course of this period of time, right? So I think this is going to be a waiting game. I think that this is going to go on longer than anybody really expects. I don't think he's going to get dealt in the deadline. And maybe he doesn't get dealt in the offseason either, and then he just sits there at home doing nothing. Making thirty million dollars <laughs> yeah. a year must be nice. <laughs> tough life, tough life. Uh, yeah. I, on top of that, I don't think that making the move for a guy like Fox, say they get Fox healed, Barnes, whatever, like throw the load into the situation, right? Even if these guys go to Philly now, you're looking at a bunch of role players that you want to integrate into a team that hopefully can go to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals. That means you got to beat out either the Bucks, the Heat, the Nets, presumably with a healthy KD and uh, Kyrie Irving playing half the games, James Harden playing at like 95th percentile uh, weight, body weight. Then I don't really like Philly's chances of going that far at that point, right? Like, what's the point? I'd rather just wait until draft day, throw it in with some picks, make like wait till the trade season actually opens up or free agency opens up and make your moves then because right now man i don't see the point of it i think josh is right i think he's in too deep if it was before christmas or christmas time sure but january you're gonna integrate fox for like three months and then go to the playoffs hard pass man hard pass but raj <laughs> since you talked about him i want to know do you think De'Aaron fox is going to be moved i mean sham sharania just came out with a report on Wednesday afternoon, saying that Sacramento is not looking to move Fox, but we all know that Sacramento needs to make the play-in tournament, right? So it's a tenth seed, whatever. But behind a, a backcourt of Fox and Halliburton, will they really make it there? I don't know. Yeah, like, honestly, the Fox trade rumors, um, I, I think they're going to pick up steam the closer we get to the trade deadline. I... I Again, I think Fox on this roster is slowly being, not phased out, but his role on the team is slowly being replaced by Halliburton, who had had a great rookie year. Uh, and of course, the the Kings want to win now and at least make the playoffs. But I think if the right package comes, I could see Fox moving. Um, and so I'm going to say before the trade deadline, I do think Fox will get moved. And it'll probably involve this... Ben Simmons contract in one way or another like he might not go to Philly but he might be a part of the piece to help match the salary so I think Fox does move I think in terms of the other assets on Sacramento that could move that are valuable positive assets are Fox and Buddy Heald and Barnes and I think at least one of those players will be dealt uh, before the trade deadline. You know, going back to Simmons for a second, the only swerve that I can see from Maury is if he trades Ben Simmons to a team like Minnesota, for example, for a very lightly protected first-round pick that's extremely valuable or unprotected pick, and that he knows ahead of time that he's going to be trading that pick for said top 25, 30 player. I can see that sort of happening, or even like a three-team deal. Um, so in terms of Fox, though, with that report coming out today, it's the Kings. They're gonna do. They're gonna make the stupidest <laughs> decision possible, and that would be to stand pat. 
I can see none of their players being moved except maybe Buddy Heal, but even he has like negative value right now. He's making twenty million a year, I believe, and he's got a couple years left in his contract. And he hasn't played well this year, so because it's the Kings, I'm going to say they're going to stand pat and just go all in for the eight, sorry, the tenth seed, and maybe they'll add on to their roster, their crappy roster, by trading another first round pick for I don't know some average player, and then all of us questioning what the hell they're doing. What do you guys think, though, of uh, Fox versus a bonus? Like, it's been reported, though. Like, say that was an actual rumor. What would you think of that deal? Why? I, from whose perspective? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know who it benefits. I mean, it benefits Sacramento, you would think, if you're going to give Halliburton the keys. And then you finally get a big man you can play through. Like, I love Sean Holmes, obviously. But on this team, um, they need somebody who can produce more in that spot because they don't have enough around him. Like, he would be great on a team like, you know, Toronto, where all he's doing is the same things that he's doing right now, and he's not expecting to do more, but they need more production in the front court. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. I, I think Sabonis could fit on the Kings. Um, I just don't know if Fox on Indiana makes that much sense for their organization. Like, having him, Turner, and they've clearly shown that they've probably wanted to move on from Levert. Um, so. Like, uh, I don't know, like, is that a strong enough foundation to consistently make you a good basketball team entering the playoffs with Brogdon? Sorry, like you already have a point guard. Brogdon can play the two as well, but you'll have Fox, Brogdon and Turner as your core. Man, Rick Carlisle would hate De'Aaron Fox. Like a pure speed point guard with mediocre IQ and... I, I feel like Darren Fox has progressively gotten worse on defense as the years have gone on, which is strange considering how young he is. Uh, Rick Carlisle would not allow that to happen whatsoever. I think he'd rather stagger DeMontis Savonis and Miles Turner's minutes for the rest of the season before he played Darren Fox. Valid point. Um, one team I would like to see him go to, like there's been rumors around New York. I would like to see yeah. Fox in the garden. That would be a lot of fun. I'm not really sure what they would trade. I mean, they could trade a first-round pick, I guess, and some of their young guys and then matching salary because New York does have a bunch of mid-level contracts that they can trade. Um, and then they can trade top and quickly, maybe a first-round pick, something along those lines, and try to go all in for the sixth seed, I guess. But I think <laughs> I think Fox would be a nice fit there. Like, you know, the Thibodeau does really well with point guards, especially fast point guards who can score. Mm-hmm. and he'd be playing 40 minutes a game so he'd be happy he'd be in the garden and he'd be the number one attraction there and if they actually win some games his star level is going to go way up it'd be team left hand man randall barrett and fox Woo! <laughs> team lefty i could get behind that yeah i don't know what you would send back to to sacramento because like what quick quickly grimes top robinson probably throwing alec burke top yeah, like all these guys aren't really like, I don't know, man. They're not. They're not big names. They're not De'Aaron Fox level yep. names. No, but, yeah, but if you give it like a package of top, uh, like top and Burks and like a first and then a future first, you could probably make it happen. Yeah, like if you're Sacramento, you should be looking at bottoming out completely because they're always in like the seven to twelve range in terms of lottery every single season. They're not quite bad enough to be in the top five, and they're not quite enough to be now in the playing game since that's become a thing the last two years. 
they're just stuck in purgatory every year. You got to pick a direction at some point. They're yeah, they're picking their direction. Playing tournament. <laughs> Come on, man! It's Sacramento. They've been out of the playoffs since oh three, oh four. No, they no, make they, they're in the playoffs in two thousand and six or two thousand and seven with Kevin Martin and Ron Artest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin Martin. That's my that's my apologies. Yeah. Uh, okay, fine. I'll give you that. Fifteen years, let's say, of not being in the playoffs. This organization has to make the play-in tournament. But even if they make the play-in tournament, it doesn't mean they're making the playoffs. They're gonna get smacked by whoever they play. And then even if it you do a... make it, you have two play-in or playoff games against Golden State or Phoenix. I, that part is irrelevant. It doesn't matter if who you're playing against, because you're you're at the bottom of the of the uh, standings, anyways. But dude, they can easily make the play-in tournament. All they gotta do is beat Portland. Portland's bottoming out. Dame's gonna miss the rest of the year. Yeah, but my point is, you have to man. win two games to win the eighth seed, right? Yeah, That's and then they just gotta beat the Lakers. Darren Fox is faster than the whole Lakers team combined. No man, what are we even talking about here? <laughs> Yo, I guarantee you, Darren Foster runs five suicides before Carmelo Anthony finishes one. To like have that as their mandate. Let's make the ten seed so we can play two more games potentially, (laughs) and then make the eight seed on the road. What are we doing? It it doesn't matter, man. That's that's the modern NBA. These teams are all going to be fighting for the play-in seed or for the play-in tournament now. It's just the way it is. It's like the equivalent of getting the eighth seed before. How often did we did, did we scoff at teams fighting for the eighth seed when they would end up going against like LeBron's Miami teams or LeBron's Cavs teams? Like, oh, what's the point? You're just gonna get dominated by LeBron anyways. You still make the playoffs, man. That's money. I think it's also yeah, the it, fact that they stay relevant for a, a period of time. Yeah. Because at the end of the season, basically from March all the way to April, people are probably just as invested in who makes the eighth seed and now the play-in tournament than they are of, oh, who's the fourth seed and who's the fifth seed? Like, getting that last spot sells a few more tickets, gives you a bit more publicity, it brings you more on um, ESPN and TNT. Like, you get talked about who's going to be the matchup because people just care about being, quote, in the playoffs a lot, even if you suck and you make the playoffs. Absolutely. Get with the times, Josh. Everybody wants to be in the playoffs. Also, the Clippers are going to fall out too because Paul George is going to sit the rest of the year. I'm just saying. Yeah, a team led by that. Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe will not be making the playoffs. Nah, I, I still disagree. I mean, they're just not. There's something to look forward to. You know, even if they make the play-in game, what young players do they really have to look forward to actually performing? I mean, Halliburton, I guess. Fox is whatever yep. at this point. So what else do they have? <laughs> Black Falcon, man. There's some Barnes. Let's get it. If they don't uh, trade him this year, they're making a massive mistake. Yeah, I mean, he, I he think a lot has of value. would like him. Yeah. Yeah, he has value on a good, on a decent contract. Uh, he's actually having a good year, statistically speaking, as well, on a very mediocre, to be generous, Sacramento team. But so do we think Sacramento makes a trade? Josh says no. Peter, what do you think? Yeah, I think they're going to make a trade to make the play-in tournament. No, no, I agree with that. I said they're I not going to like bottom out. I don't think they're going to trade Fox. But I, I do think they're going to make some really stupid deal. Like, I could see them being a you know trade destination for Jeremy Grant and extending him. And having him and Harrison Barnes <laughs> both making $20 million a year on the wings. 
Jeremy Grant wanting an extension is so funny considering dude just got paid like last year. Like he's already looking for like a thirty to forty year forty dollar or a million dollar contract extension when he's making twenty this year. And he wants to be primarily running the offense. Man, I I love the guy, but Jesus, man, know your role. Let's talk about Jeremy Grant. Uh, Josh, is he gonna get moved? Like you already said, maybe Sacramento, but call it. Is it happening? Oh, this one is a hundred percent yes. He is definitely getting moved. And again, if Sacramento was smart, they're in the same situation with Barnes right now. Same similar contract, right? And a lot of teams are looking for these types of guys, like the three, four that can shoot threes, play defense. And I think Jeremy Grant's a better player than Harrison Barnes too. He just do a bit more. He's more athletic too. He's younger. And uh, you know, Jeremy Grant is in a scenario where he can get an extension for the next team he goes to. He's sort of in the Aaron Gordon situation from last year. And there's going to be a lot of teams going after him. And the one team that needs to get him more than anybody is Utah. I think if Utah was able to obtain him by trading a future first-round pick and maybe one of their young, deep bench guys, like Jared Butler, for example, with, I guess you have to trade Boyan, right? Which is fine. Yeah, you have to trade Boyan. I think that's totally fine, though, because you're giving up some offense. You're the best offense of all time you know, regular season anyway. And you need to upgrade your defense, obviously, since they look like a bunch of 50-year-olds from the Y playing defense against the Gobert, who's an absolute monster. But you have all these guys who can't play defense in the perimeter, and you need somebody there to guard, you know, the bigger um, forwards in the Western Conference. Man, you know what's amazing? Joe Ingles and Mike Conley are the same age. Would you have thought it if you saw these two dudes on the street? I mean, it sort of looks like Jordan Clarkson's the same age, too, the way he plays defense. <laughs> Just defense, though. Offense, he looks like he's 20. Yeah, offense, he loves to chuck. <laughs> oh, man. Raja, where, where's Jeremy Grant going to go? I, I like the idea of him going to uh, Utah. I think he def- desperately fits a need. I also could see... Um, like Josh had proposed Sacramento making a play for him and just doing a kind of a swap with Harrison Barnes and adding a pick. That's not bad. That's not bad. Do we, um, I mean, I hate to say this or to bring them up, but is there any traction in this rumor that about the Lakers wanting to get in on this Jeremy Grant business? Uh, no, the Lakers are not getting anybody of value at the trade deadline. They have nothing to trade. Unless they the like the protect Lakers. that pick that they have in like 2026 because they can't trade back-to-back years. So whatever pick that is, like 2025, 26, if they really want to gamble and give it like a top five protection, then yes, they got something there. Yeah, I, I think the Lakers are going to be, we're going to be talking about this after the trade deadline uh, with buyouts. That's where the Lakers <laughs> are going to come in, like uh, scrapping for the scraps. As a resident okay. Laker okay. here, though, like I really want to see them trade that pick, like lightly protect, sort of like what the Clippers did with Paul George. And, uh, you know, this year, the Clippers are going to pay for that because if they keep bottoming it out, <laughs> they owe that unprotected pick to OKC, which is something you don't really ever see nowadays. Like the last few years, ever since the, uh, the Kyrie Irving fiasco, where the Clippers gave away the number one pick in the draft for Baron Davis, I think it was, ended up being Kyrie Irving going <laughs> to Cleveland, right? You don't see unprotected picks yep. coming into play, especially in the lottery, because you never think that the team that's trading them is actually going to bottom out or be bad that year. But here we are. So again, if the Lakers do that with a 2025 pick, great. I would love to see it. Hopefully they trade for Jeremy Grant. 
<laughs> yeah, shouts to Baron Davis. Also, um, one other team that I think that could definitely um, get Grant is Memphis because Memphis has all their mm. first round picks and they're starting mm. um, Xavier Williams. Is that his name? The, the rookie? At small forward Zaire right Williams. Zaire, Zaire Williams or uh, Xavier Tillman. You definitely just combined two young guys into one person. <laughs> What's his name? Zaire Williams Zaire or Williams. Xavier Tillman. Zaire Williams. How do you spell that? Z I A I R E. Okay. Well, are you gonna go pick him up in fantasy right now? What is this? <laughs> Maybe. What the hell's happening? No, but, uh, I just totally forgot his name. I didn't even know what his name was. But uh, you know, on that point, they have no small forward. Like they have Kyle Anderson, who's you know coming off the bench, doing a pretty good job, but he's in COVID protocols right now. And Memphis has all their picks, so if they decide they want to take another step up. I think Jeremy Grant makes a lot of sense there because in their closing lineups, you know, they're playing Jared Jackson at the five. And uh, I think Jeremy Grant could really work at the four in the closing lineups and uh, he'd be a good fit there. The fit would make sense. And I just think that Detroit's probably looking for a player plus a pick. And I think a bit Memphis of the risk picks. is, and players, but who do you give up? I mean, Memphis has a lot of dudes on their bench. They have a lot of young guys. So... I don't know. I mean, anybody of value who's not playing 20-plus minutes in the game, they have a lot of dudes on that team. Would you give up Brandon Clark? Yeah, maybe. I mean, DeAnthony Melton, probably. Why not? Yeah, like Brandon Clark, Melton, and a first. Protected. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Peter, uh, I, I would possibly be on board if they even came close to making that much money. Or close to making the money work, but that the money just wouldn't work. You're looking at 75% or less of, of Jeremy Grant's salary at that point, right? Melton's not even making $9 million. So yeah. I think it would have to be something more. Would you put or Steven they... Adams into a trade for Jeremy Grant? I mean, if you had to, sure. Then you just go all in on athletic small ball. Why not keep Brandon yeah. Clark? That's what I was thinking. That that would be the move that I make. But Steven Adams as that like veteran, big burly leader... It's kind of valuable to this Memphis team, right? So no, I think you can make it work though with Kyle Anderson's contract plus Melton plus whoever off the bench mm. who's not really playing, like Culver. Mm. You know, Culver's a first round pick. And, he, made, he was the eighth pick in the draft. He must be making like five million a year. Yeah, Anderson and do, Melton alone would be enough for contracts. There you go. Yeah, you can even add in Culver. You can do like a Melton Culver and then Brandon Clark for a Grant and then like adding no picks. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. I, I could see that movement. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Jeremy Grant, man, getting lots of love. Everybody wants a piece of Jeremy Grant, eh? Kind of like Aaron Gordon last year, like you said, Josh. But Jeremy Grant, very coveted this year. Um, a stretch four. Speaking of a stretch four, Miles Turner, forever rumored to be traded every year of his NBA career. Miles Turner making eighteen million dollars this year and next. Uh, recently is was announced to be going into his, uh, a foot surgery procedure. He's going to be out three weeks, uh, which is going to be very hindering to any physical that he has to undergo with the, with the team accepting that contract, right? Um, but that being said, Raj, does Miles Turner get moved? And in line, does Sabonis get moved with him or without? You know, whatever. Yeah. So I, I think. Ultimately, the Pacers will probably end up trying to keep Sabonis. I think they're okay either way. I think they just need to move on 
from like having both these big men playing. Uh, I think Turner is a more versatile big and he can play in more systems. Um, and I think that's probably why they're going to be able to get bit better offers. Teams are probably going to have to compete um, and try to get his services. And I could see Miles Turner being traded. Will it happen in this trade window? I don't think so, though. Uh, I think that'll probably end up waiting until next year when uh, he'll have just one year left on his contract. He's expiring next year? No, like after next year. After like next this year. is his second last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say that he gets moved. I know that he's coming back after the trade deadline, but uh, I think a team is going to take a risk on him. I think it's either going to be New York or Charlotte. I think those are the two teams New that make York? The sense. Yep. Because New York doesn't want to pay a guy Randall? like no, no, no. New York doesn't want to pay a guy like Mitchell Robinson, and they're in need for a center, right? Like they have Nerlens Noel, they have Mitchell Robinson, but both those guys are super consistent. I think New York's trying to win right now as well, and uh, I think that they're going to be in the market for a guy like Turner. But I think Charlotte makes the most sense of it. Anybody, and we talked about them before. Obviously, they have the biggest hole oh, in center in the God. league. So we're going to continue this. A charade of Julius Randle playing three four with a with another big like Miles Turner who hates playing with other bigs. Thibodeau loves playing the four and the five together. We've seen that all year, whether it's Julius Randle at the four or Obi Tobin or Toppin, sorry. And then you obviously have the center playing with them. Like Randle has not played almost any minutes with Toppin in a small ball lineup. So he's gonna keep what he's done for the last, I mean what, 10, 15 years, right? He plays bigger players together. He doesn't like playing small ball. So I can see Turner going there for sure. And Mitchell Robinson is going to get moved for sure. I could see that. I could I could definitely see Mitchell Robinson getting moved. But Turner on New York would be such an ugly fit. I don't know, know, man. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say. No, because... Wait, wait. If, if Miles Turner doesn't play well with DeMontis Sabonis, who is one of the best passing big men in the league... Why would you think he would do well with Julius Randle, who's a big, the biggest chucker in the league right now? Why would that work? Randle needs space. And I think that, you know, having Turner on the team was a good three-point shooter, even though it's at low volume. Um, and obviously, he needs somebody behind him who can defend the rim. I think that works out a lot better, not having somebody that dunker spot every single minute of every single game. The biggest problem with New York is, like, when Randle gets the ball in the pick and roll, there's always a guy waiting for him because Mitchell Robinson or Nolan Zoel is standing right at the dunker spot. You take that scenario out, you put Turner in in the corner, it gives him a lot more space, and I think it makes a lot more sense. So he needs spacing so he can still chuck up like a long 19-footer? I mean, that's just him being a dumbass, <laughs> but you would hope that he would actually change his shot profile a little bit having more spacing out there. No, man. I, I am not buying this New York thing. I also don't think New York's front office is moving in a Miles Turner direction. They haven't they haven't made any bad moves since they've come in, other than the Evan Fournier contract. It's a pretty big bad move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I just I think the issue with both New York and uh Charlotte is I don't think they have a tra- attractive options going back to Indiana. Like I think Indiana's probably one of those teams like they're like the Sacramento of the east in the sense that they have these players individually some of them have good values just collectively especially this year they're not performing well historically they've been kind of in the middle of the eastern conference it's just now they have a lot of players who have value like tory craig is a valuable piece that might get shipped 
Um, Karis Levert has been rumored to be available. Uh, obviously, one of Turner and Sabonis will end up leaving. Um, and we haven't even talked about players who are injured, like TJ Warren, who hasn't played a game, and they're still waiting for him to come back. Uh, so I, I just don't think that Charlotte or New York can offer someone that gives them value. Hmm. I kind of like Charlotte. If you send Mason Plumley, who's making $8 million, and... P.J. Washington plus a first. P.J. Washington. Yeah, plus a pick. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. The The other team that would be very, very interesting... And I, I don't know if Dallas is going to be that move, but he would be an interesting fit on Dallas. Yeah. I don't see that. I mean, I don't know if you can play him and Porzingis together. It'd be interesting to see like two seven-footers who block shots in today's NBA playing together like that. Those two are like two of the better shot blockers in the league. And uh, Wait, that would most... mean Porzingis has to play though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And again, like you have to match salary there, so I'm not even sure you'd send back. Would they be interested in Tim Hardaway? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, hell no. Rick Carlisle is not taking on Tim Hardaway again. <laughs> Come yeah, on. Yeah, I don't think he wants Porzingis either. Hey, I mean, Tim Hardaway had a career year under Rick Carlisle, right? So you never know. Yeah, with Rick Carlisle and Luca. Not just Liberty Carlisle hey. and Chris Duarte, you know. He's got uh, he's got Luca this year. How's he doing? Not so great with Jason Kidd. I think Rick Carlisle is the secret sauce. Uh, sure, Josh. Sure. You know what? If you can send Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson to Indy, then we talk. Yeah, no, wouldn't do that. Exactly, but I think I think Carlisle would take on Brunson any day. I Brunson. think that's a guy we should add to our list, though. I think we should talk about Jalen Brunson because they're sort of in a weird scenario with him where they either have to choose to pay him $20 million a year for the next four years or you can trade him at his highest value as of right now and try to get something back to reconfigure the roster a little bit. Because you really want to be paying Brunson 20, Hardaway 20, and Porzingis 25 for the next at least two to three years. I don't know. <laughs> Poor, yeah. Yeah, Porzingis' contract is insane this guy's making plus 30 a year god and he's played well this year like when he has played he has played well and they're a top 5 defense now but you know again how do you want to build this team around Luka if you you know opt into the 20 million dollars per year for Brunson you sort of have your team going forward you want to do that <laughs> Not as a $30 million player. Uh, I don't know, man. There's a lot of teams out there that would want to, like Boston, New York. There's a lot of teams in the running for a point where yeah. he knows what he's doing on the floor where he actually plays like a solid veteran game. I think the, I think Dallas is going to hold on to him and see how they do in the playoffs. If they can get out of the first round, I think they end up paying him. Yeah, I think they need a playmaker. That's the issue with Dallas. And unless they're, being able, they're able to replace him with uh, another playmaker, I don't think they want to go into the postseason. Uh, without that second secondary playmaker. But the issue is, I think yeah. he becomes unrestricted this year if he goes into free he agency. Does. So that's, that's a, correct. It's a big gamble. How much do you believe in your defense? Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of weird because they play so slow, and yet they're very efficient on, on defense anyway. Their offense is just falling off a cliff. I mean, it's more conducive <laughs> to playoff basketball. But is it going to work in the playoffs? We'll see. It's pretty unlikely. Um... You know who's not slow? Look at that transition. Pascal Siakam, Josh. 
Let's talk about your local Toronto Raptors. Four years, 129 million signed a couple of years ago after that beautiful championship run. Does our favorite point center, Pascal Siakam, get moved before this trade deadline? I think it would be a very Messiah move to do it. The problem is, after going through the trade machine yesterday, as we talked about in our group conversation, there's not a lot of teams that make sense for him based on the contract that he has. Yes, he's playing amazing right now. He's averaging like 24, 10, and 7 the last 15 to 20 games, I believe. And he makes a lot of sense in their lineups since they're going, you know, 6, 8 plus or trying to at every position besides Fred, who's five feet tall. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's not a lot of teams that can put together the salary and the package that would make sense for Toronto to bottom out a little bit and then give the reins to Scotty Barnes. I think it might make more sense in the offseason when you see what the draft order is and then maybe you can trade him to a team that, you know, ends up getting lucky in the draft who's trying to be good. And then they trade a top 10 pick for Pascal plus salary. Yeah, I don't see him getting moved. I think I think Masai really likes this team that he's created. Remember all those years ago when Masai first came to Toronto and it was still like Rudy Gay and Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan at that time? He traded, or and our, of course our favorite, Andrea Barignani. At that time, Masai was already trying to rework this roster to being just long athletic dudes, right? Like before the Warriors did it, before... You know, everyone else got on that bandwagon. Masai was moving in that direction. Obviously, it got derailed because the Raptors kept making it to the conference finals. So how do you blow that up? But he's finally made his roster, right? Like, between Siakam, Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, sometimes Chris Boucher, if he really wants to play defense or is, you know, not asleep on the floor, if Precious Achua slows down a bit, you have, like... Long, lengthy defenders. You got a bunch of guys that can handle the rock, can moderately shoot, and play amazing defense. Why would why would he move that? I don't even, like you say this off season maybe or next year. I don't see Masai blowing that up at all. I don't know. I, I think when you have a talent like Barnes, I, I think you want to utilize all of his skills, and I don't think they can do that with Pascal on the roster taking up as much usage as he is. I think eventually, like, they're going to have to trade Pascal, whether it's next year or the year after. But he's at his highest value right now. So Messiah's a smart guy. He knows that we're not going to win with this team as is. And I think the way that we get to the next step is having Barnes get into that role quicker. Like, sort of like, I look at, like, you know, Zach Levine in his first year, where they made him play point guard, just so he can get his ball handling up the par. I think they need to do that with Barnes and just let him handle the ball as much as possible, whether that's this year or next year, because ever since Pascal came back, his usage has gone way down and his production has gone way down. So I think when you have a potential superstar in your team, you got to do everything you can to make sure that he blossoms. Roger, awfully quiet there talking about these Raptors. Yeah, yeah, I went through the trade machine and I'm just double-checking my work. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, again, I, I think the... The issue with Siakam is, like Josh mentioned, I think in the bubble they saw that he can't carry that team and he's getting paid as a player who can. And you have a, a player who probably plays the same position as him, probably has obviously not the same skill set, but uh, a unique skill set in Barnes. And I, I think it all comes down to what can the Raptors acquire and like Josh mentioned there aren't many teams that want to take on that contract that can give pieces the rap- that the Raps would be interested in and uh, Masai is definitely not a sucker for collecting junk he's not like uh, 
our favorite GMs of Washington and Sacramento, but uh, I, I could possibly see him being moved, but I think he'll be uh, at the trade uh, in the offseason, not at the trade deadline. Uh, I think one interesting fit, and I know we talked about it um, as well, is if he ends up actually going on the Sixers, because there is that connection with Joel Embiid. He is a bit of a spacer. He gives them that wing defender. Um, he wouldn't have to be the alpha there. And obviously, it's not Ben Simmons coming to Toronto because I don't think he's going to like the cold. So he might sit out a whole another year. But could the Raps somehow be involved in a trade that Ben Simmons goes somewhere, players go to Toronto, and Siakam ends up going to uh, Philly? That possibly could be an option. I just don't know if it's going to happen uh, in the off uh, in the trade deadline. Yeah, I definitely cannot see that happening unless, like you said, it's a three-team deal where Toronto gets much younger yeah. and they get like a star, not a star quality, but like a blue chipper, um, like Kaminga, for example, or Halliburton and, uh, you know, get them as and picks. a third team. And, and picks, yeah. So I think Golden State would make some sense if they really want to go all, all in, you know, playing Pascal Siakam with Draymond in your closing lineups is pretty nice. Having, you know, those two plus Wiggins, Thompson, Curry, but I'm not sure how you even up the contracts in that case. And then Sacramento just makes <laughs> sense because they're Sacramento and they want to make the 10 seed and they have picks that would be very juicy for Messiah to get. Plus Halliburton. You really want Halliburton on Toronto? As a team of like a bunch of gritty guys as like defenders, like hardcore defenders. You really want a guy like Halliburton? I, I would pass on that. But in general, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I can't really see Pascal moving off this team. I think they invested too much into him, and he's too beloved in the city to to move. I know and we keep talking about Masai being ruthless and, you know, not giving a damn, but I think he does care. I think he knows where his bread is buttered with in terms of market value. Yeah, and again, they need, like, they know that they're still selling tickets. Obviously, when Ontario opens up. Um, they have a team that <laughs> I think the Raps fans enjoy to watch. And unless you're able to at least, like, you, every team needs at least a selling point. And if you're bringing back just a player like Halliburton, and then you're going to have Halliburton and Van Vliet and Barnes and uh, a bunch of other young players, OG, obviously, um, that that's going to sell tickets, but it's not going to be the attraction that I think Raps fans are looking for. And uh, I also don't think that that helps you win a championship five years from now. Like, I still think you need that mega piece. And to get that mega piece, you need to have the assets. So maybe if they pick up a few assets and a, a decent piece, they may do it, but in the offseason. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Raj, is there a player that we have not talked about that you think is going to get moved? Someone who might fly under the radar or, you know, someone with a huge like contract that we haven't talked about? <clears throat> John Wall. Is there anyone out <laughs> there that you Wall. see? <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's not talk about John Wall, but I, I do think that uh, there's two players that like, they're not big names, but I think they can offer um, good value. And we talked about one of them as well on this podcast. I think a lot of teams would be interested um, in Thaddeus Young um, as a player who just offers a bit more versatility, defense, kind of an all arounder. He has a, a decent contract as well. Um, he has like I believe. He's making 13, 14 million and he's on a one year deal. So uh, if the Spurs are able to get some kind of compensation, a young player back, 
Um, I think that trade could happen. And uh, just for a bonus, I think one of Robert Covington or Larry Nance Jr. will be traded. See, these are all guys we expect to be traded. I wanted somebody who's unexpected, Raj. This is very disappointing. Very disappointing. <laughs> Did you think Nance, you were expecting Nance to get traded? Why not? He's in the room Nance. right now. They're looking at a trade. I mean, they're trying to get like a first round pick back for him because they had to trade a first round pick for him, right? So, <laughs> same thing with Covington. Yeah, Portland too. is. Portland is in all sorts of shambles, man. This offseason was so poorly handled. Their front office is blown up. And I said it earlier, but I'm going to reiterate this. Dame's not playing again this year. Not for Portland, at least. I guarantee it. He's out four to six weeks, and then they're going to reevaluate. Give Anthony Simons the ball. Let's go, man. Yeah, they've got a lot of very interesting decisions coming up because they have to obviously extend Simons if they do want to end up keeping him. And, uh, you know, if they decide to go the San Antonio circa 1998 route, have their superstar players sit out the rest of the season, try to get the top pick in the draft or one of the top picks in the draft, and then trade all these guys for whatever you can get for them and then try to rebuild the offseason. That's what I would do. If they go the opposite route, then they're just... What are they even doing? Um, <laughs> I'm going to call it right now since we already brought up Jalen Brunson, though. I'm going to say that he gets traded for Marcus Smart. I think that deal sort of makes a lot of uh, sense for yeah. both teams. And, you know, obviously Boston needs a guy who can handle the ball, who can distribute. And Brunson has shown without Luka, he can be that guy. And he plays good defense as well. And Marcus Smart is on a contract where he's making – 12 to 13 million a year. I think with the extension, maybe 15 or 16 million after his extension is. I think it makes a lot of sense for Dallas too, because he's a guy who can guard basically anybody and they need that type of dude. Eh, I've heard this before, but I'm not, I'm not feeling it for Boston. I love it for Dallas. I don't think, I don't think Marcus Smart has the ability to handle the ball well enough. I don't think he's a consistent enough shooter to pair with Luca to be that like backcourt guy. He just, I think he just falls short. I'd rather just hold on to Brunson and see what happens at this point. Okay, so who is your unexpected player then? Christian Wood. <laughs> Did you expect okay. that? No. Not really. Mm. Who? Where does he go? <laughs> uh, oh, in classic, classic Sacramento fashion, he's going to the Kangs. Good God. And oh in exchange, gosh. it's going to be for Marvin Bagley, who's only 22. Roughly making around the same money, but the the Rockets get a young player that they can sort of invest into, right? Like a guy that they can build, they can they can develop on their own, rather than Christian Wood, who's like 26, 27. He's already well into being a veteran, but doesn't like doesn't show himself with good leadership qualities. You know what I mean? Like he's cousin out his own coach during games. Not cool, man. So you're saying Sacramento is going to trade a first round pick for him too? Why? What? What? Why would they need to have a first round pick? Why would they trade Christian Wood, who's on a really good contract, who's a very good player, for Marvin Bagley? For Bagley, I'm. <laughs> it's going to be no. It's going to be Bagley and like I think a second. I don't think it'll be a first. Oh come on! You think Robert Covington is going to get Dude. traded for two first round picks, and Christian Wood's not going to no. get one? That was years ago, Josh. Different time. Oh, man. Different time. Watch. Christian Wood's going to get moved. I guarantee that much. 
That might be the most blasphemous thing ever said in the podcast. That Christian Wood's not worth a first round pick. Come on, man. <laughs> you it think he on, is? It depends on the pick, though. Because yes. it's going to be a Sacramento pick. No, 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 no. Listen, it's going to be a Sacramento pick, which means it's going to be a lottery. Christian Wood is not worth a lottery pick anymore. No, but they can protect the pick. If Especially with his problems. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Fine. I'll allow that part. I'll allow our protection. But Christian Wood, going to get moved. Also, Eric Gordon out of Houston this year. Houston needs no. to fully get rid of all their veterans, except for John Wall, because, you know, he's just a permanent fixture on that bench. And just, you know, hand over the keys to Jalen Green and I don't know, Kevin Porter Jr. if he ever, is ever not an asshole on the court or, I don't know, Alperin Sengun. I think the trade that makes the most sense that probably needs to happen is Gordon for Sexton. I think it makes a ton of sense for both teams because that way, you know, he gets some value for Gordon and, uh, you know, Colin Sexton's mm. up for extension and mm. Porter Jr. is not your future point guard. And at least Colin Sexton has some potential. So I think that makes a lot of sense. That would be nice. If Sexton had like an upper uh, functional knee, that would be perfect. No, but it's good for them because he's <laughs> yeah, not going to play and help them win games, right? He's not going to play the rest of the year. It's perfect for them. You know, even if he played, I don't think he would help Houston win games. Well, That's just me, you know? <laughs> it would be closer games, at least. There you go. It'd be more fun to watch. Imagine Colin Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. being reunited, though. That worked so well in Cleveland last year and the year before. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> All right. Well, good stuff, guys. Uh, let's call it here. Anything else? Anything, any last-minute guys that you think of or Fine. have been brought to your Boyan attention? Bogdanovich. Boyan Vigdanovich will get traded before the deadline. Interesting. Yeah. I think that only happens if they get back Barnes or uh, Grant or somebody that we haven't talked about that's unexpected, I guess. That's like a 3-4 type of player. What about Turner? Too big? To Utah? Too big. Yeah. No. 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 What about Sabonis? Why? He's a 4. Turner's a 5. What are we talking about? I don't know, man. You just tried to throw him in New York with Julius Randle. What's the difference? <laughs> Julius Randle plays a four. So Gobert's not going to play four. Now there's Turner. No, you leave Gobert at the five and then Turner at the four. Well, you just want all the shots. What's the difference? You know, you just said, exactly. You just said you wanted Miles Turner to plant in the corner and do exactly what like Carlisle had Porzingis doing last year. Why can't he do that in Utah right now? Fine, but when you're playing with Rudy Gobert, you gotta like you gotta clear the court. You gotta like make sure that you have spacing around him. Miles Turner's not a guy that can like catch and go. You know, he's just a catch and shoot player. I think in that spot, yeah. So catch and shoot in the corner, he can he can be a glorified PJ Tucker. No, I mean you can also (laughs) just have Gobert and uh, and Turner just stand in the paint all game and not even play offense, just put their arms up in the paint. Exactly. Yo, let's let's try something different, guys. Remember that time that Vivek wanted the Sacramento Kings to play five on four constantly on defense? Let's try something new. I mean, if Bull Bull was also healthy, you can put him at the three, and then you can have three guys with massive arms. <laughs> put them all together in the paint. Yo, yeah, I think <laughs> shout to Bull Bull finally getting his ass out of Denver after a failed trade to Detroit. Finally getting moved in a three teamer yesterday night. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. That's it, guys. Uh, Good stuff. Good stuff. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify. Leave us those comments, five-star reviews. You know, give me all the goodies, please. Thank you very much. Run Instagram and Twitter at HoopsCornerPod. 
And until next time, peace.